I just can't figure out if it's because you're advanced or because I'm stunted. You take the red pill. You stay in wonder. I am McLovin. You do not talk about Fight Club. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Glacé Film Club podcast. Yes, here we are to dive into yet another film. And as you know, we clear through all different types of film on the podcast and we've got another belter for you today. And when I say we, of course, I'm not on my own. I'm here with my trusty film reviewing companion who is ready and excited for Christmas. He's off. He's back up in the north for a bit, and he's ready to dive into this film. Of course he is. We all know he's ready. It's Callum. Hello, Callum. How are you doing? Almost Merry Christmas. I am almost Merry Christmas. I am back in the, the dark and tender north of England, um, to the extent where my voice has dropped a lot lower than, <laughs> than usual. No, I'm good, yeah. Um, I'm surprised that uh, there was a train actually running. Um but it's always it. nice, isn't it? It's always nice. I half expected to have to rent like a rent a penny farthing or something. Um, <laughs> I can pitch like, you on that. Get a boat or a canal barge. I expected yeah. to be here by Christmas Eve. Just I just make it just in time for Christmas. Um, but no, I'm fine. I am fine. Um, got lots of pub related activities planned for the Christmas holidays. The one um, that is Christmas, isn't it? Yeah, I um, yeah, I've been just having it really. Having it large. Having it, having it large, and we'll continue to have it large. I'm looking forward to um, just not moving for a while. Yes. And that's going to be quite nice. Are you um, looking forward to clearing through some films over the festive period? Well, we've got the, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm going to watch uh, Lord of the Rings, obviously, at some point. Of course. Um, yeah, there's, there's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to revisit It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, I've, I need to book in a time yeah. for that. I was thinking about that earlier. It's like, okay, I need to make sure I give that all my concentration and effort because that is a, a must-watch now after I watched it for the first time a few years ago. Well, I was selling that to my... Um, I did a quiz in last lesson with my year 11s at, at work and I did a, a bonus round, a film, a Christmas film round um, and basically it was stills from movies and I said, you've got to name this name this movie and I put It's a Wonderful Life up there Um, it was for my own self-indulgence really just so I could bring it up and say it's one of the greatest Christmas movies ever made (laughs) to a bunch of 16 year olds that just really didn't care Um, did did anyone know it? it, a couple which I was was surprised at a couple of kids did Um, so which was nice yeah yeah it was nice that's heartening it was it was Um, so yeah It's a Wonderful Life obviously Die Hard is going to make an appearance at some point Mm -hmm. um but yeah, it's a wonderful life. I might re you know what? I might revisit I don't know. I might actually revisit the one that we said starter for ten. I might actually revisit that. Maybe Well you did pop it back on the shelf to be taken off I did. at Christmas time, didn't you? So now yeah. coming prime opportunity. It is yeah, it's a great little um that's a shelf movie, if there ever was one. Yeah. In the sense yeah. that it stays on the shelf for the majority of the year and then it might come off. At particular points, great movie I imagine to wrap Christmas presents to. You can just, you just want something you can ignore. Background, yeah. Yeah, background noise. 
Yeah, just warming. You know, you know, it's not going to take you anywhere too dark, but it's it's going to all be good at the end. Oh, so yeah. What about you? Are you have you got any? You got this wonderful life lined up? Well, so yeah, I've got up? a bit of a list. I've put together films I want to watch that I've um, kind of been dancing around for a while. Lord of the Rings, as I said to you, yeah. and and I am going to admit it in the public now on the Glacé Film Club podcast that I've never watched the full Lord of the Rings trilogy. Um, I watched the first two many moons ago and obviously we'll need to watch them all again and they weren't even the extended versions so i've made it my challenge no my task this christmas period to watch them all and be part of the film community that i've been longing to once be welcomed into so yeah that's in there and there's, there's a few others i've got on um that i've seen popping up here and there so we'll, i'll dive into those Bring it on. It's a time it's a time for um film, isn't it, Christmas? With family and friends and a big crate of Guinness. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Guinness. I had a lot of Guinness yesterday. Um I uh I revisited uh the delightful institution, the most democratic place on earth. The humble pub. The pub. The, the pub. Oh, right, exactly. Yeah. We know it's the most democratic um, institution. And we're gonna be diving into it. Um, with each other over Christmas, and I'm sure we'll have a lot of big film and life chat during that pub visit. Well, the pub, uh, the reason why I mentioned the pub is because I'm going to do that classic thing that most people do when when they're in that London. They say it's too (laughs) price of a... I feel like whether people like a place or not is judged heavily on the price of a pint of beer. Yeah, You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I've, 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 I've been to that city. Beer's it's great. Beer's only three quid. Yeah. Like, I've, <laughs> yeah. I've been to that rubbish city. That crap. Beer's seven quid for a pint. Like Absolutely. in this country, the 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 value of a place, forget its heritage, its culture, its spaces, its architecture, its art, every anything else. It's all about the price of a beer to some people. However, that's the real. Game. However, I was at a bar last night in uh, Preston, the jewel in Lancashire's crown, and. Uh, Four pounds for a pint of Guinness. I was absolutely ecstatic. So I had several. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. And on that note, let's on get that into note. the let's, film. Let's have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Callum, it is a new release. It is. It has been talked up. A big one. Um, and it is on the animated side of life. That's all I'm going to say. Can you tell us what the film is that we've watched and give us one of your classic overviews, please? Well, we're all secretly animated in a way. Right. <laughs> start start off with the big the big overarching points uh we watched uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio um it was made in 2022 um and it's the retelling of well it's based on an Italian novel um that I think it was written in the 19th century I think um uh, the adventures of Pinocchio by uh, Carlo Collodi sorry um and it basically is a coming of age um film about a wooden puppet um and it's set during fascist italy uh during the interwar period and world war 2 pretty much stars big cast actually so Ewan McGregor um uh Bern Gorman Ron Perlman John Turturro uh, Kate Blanchett Christoph Waltz Tilda Swilden Tilda Swilden, Tilda Swinton, um, <laughs> yeah, big cast. Uh, but yeah, set in Italy, basically the carpenter who uh, Geppetto loses his son Carlo um, in an aerial bombardment uh, by Austrian forces, pretty much, and his son dies. They go to church, and 
So he decides to uh, carve a wooden version of his son, basically. Um, and he plants this pine cone near the grave, and he basically spends the next 20 years mourning his loss, pretty much. Um, and anyway, he carves this wooden puppet, and the puppet ends up coming to life by unknown, strange, supernatural forces, and the puppet doesn't know really how to live. It's sort of like... The idea of his son has been born again, um, and Pinocchio's nose basically grows every time he lies. Um, And the movie's really about how this. I guess the the the, does I think the wooden the wooden model represents Geppetto's um, the idea of his son. I think. And it's about, it's the coming of age of the idea of his son in light of his death. I think it's a real reflection on loss, really. Um, I think the movie has got a lot to do with loss and what that means. Um, and it's sort of like wrapped in this sort of like comedy, gothic horror, fantasy, funny thing. That's big, that's it, really. It's a coming of age thing about, it's a coming of age movie about loss and a wooden puppet. There you go. I'll Thank do. you very much. Hannah. There you go. That will be on the the poster when it's uh, re released. Um, brilliant. Yeah. Once again, um, I'll dive straight into what my initial reaction was mm. after watching it, and I'm disappointed to say I just didn't enjoy it. It just <laughs> didn't feel very watchable, and I will backtrack on that straight away by saying there were some big themes in there and a lot of themes and we'll get into them and there's a lot to discuss and on paper it does a lot of the things I want a film to it reimagines some events looks at them from a different perspective it's quite revisionist in that way Mm. Um, but it also brings themes in there makes you think deeper but also it's tender and it's loving and emotional but on top of that as well, it's visually great. Like the animation style that's used and the uh, the models within it are fantastic. And the shots that they managed to get are astounding and, and it looks fantastic. It's very unique in its styling and also the emotion they managed to capture onto the characters in an animated way. It feels raw and human even though they are made to look uh, quite comedic in ways in their in their appearance, but it just comes down to one of the big two pillars of what makes a good film in the Marcus Johnson rankings of films is: did it give you? Um, did were you hooked on it as you were watching it? And I wasn't. I found it a real struggle to watch, and I feel that was just like the plot just felt a bit linear. Didn't really rise and fall too much. Um, it was quite just heavy on certain aspects but then it just didn't give you enough relief in what was actually happening there. I felt they were in that whale or whatever it was mouth for a long time mm-hmm. I, I felt like I was lost in that cavern and then the resolution of the end was just like fine but I don't think I felt emotionally invested enough in the story to then get the payoff at the end and I'm maybe doing a slight disservice to the emotional elements of the film there because I do think it was tender and it was done and like it was done well. Like you said, there's a lot of exploration of loss there and Geppetto loses his son and almost loses Pinocchio and does on occasion. And right at the end, there's that quite nice moment where then Jiminy Cricket <laughs> um, 
then asks for his wish from the the be the spiritual being and then says oh, i want him to come back to life and all is great and wonderful and yes it's tenderly done and i like how it explores avenue but i just didn't feel invested in it and we'll get into the themes and i do think there were some good themes and the writing of it and that sense was good i just could not get into the, the film and i'm sorry that strikes off 50 percent of um what i think is a good film if if it just isn't watchable and in my view, Callum, it wasn't very watchable. What about you? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was okay. I, I, I was just a bit bored, if I'm being completely honest. Um, I think that's fair. Yeah, I just... The animation is really, really cool. I quite like the animation. It reminded me of um, some of those movies that we've watched, um, anime, animated movies, uh, when, when we went to Chester Film Festival... Many many years ago, do you remember the do you yeah. remember the the animation that we watched about with the uh, oh Blumenek? It was with the the pan or something the 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 pan that was animated. Or reminded me it reminded me of Wes Anderson's animations, Isle of Dogs, that type of thing. Okay. Anyway, I thought the picture was quite good. I mean, it's been cited as being like one of the best pictures of the year. Um, I thought the animation was quite cool. There are some elements of it that I found interesting, but not enough to really make me sort of like say that's why I liked the movie. So I quite liked the um the idea of like the the fascism aspect. That's interesting just from a historical perspective. And I was trying to think about I was literally thinking a minute ago basically how how that's significant. Like how is the fascism significant? What is the purpose of that? Why is it set in fascist Italy? And the thing that I quite the quite subtle thing that's quite interesting about the movie is the fact that you've got a puppet um, that is supposed to represent p the people, you know, this blind obedience to a fascist leader. You know, the, the society are a bunch of puppets worshiping Mussolini. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The representation of yeah, that, yeah symbolism. That was interesting, and it's like the puppet. It's not an actual human being, which is what like fascism reduces people to. You've got to be able to push relatively simple buttons to get people to have no agency of thought, um, and then they just do whatever their supreme leader tells them to. So I thought there was that was quite a nice little subtle thing there, and particularly because the puppet, even though it the, the the child, the actual human has died, Carlo's dead, and the puppet's made out of wood, and it's been given these supernatural powers that are controlled by a higher power, really, um, and it's like the puppet is trying to come of age in a time of mass manipulation of feeling. That's interesting. The issue is, I don't necessarily think the movie, and I think the movie should have emphasised that a little bit more, but then again, it wouldn't, it would be a completely different movie if it did. Um, I thought there was some, I thought thought the strongest bit, the strongest performance was Ewan McGregor. I thought he was really good. The cricket, I think, saved some of the scenes quite a lot. The humour of the cricket, um, you hearing Ewan McGregor's voice, um, it's quite funny. I liked that. It's always a welcome voice to hear. It is, yeah, it's quite nice. I thought the the script was for his character in particular was quite funny, um, but yeah, again, just, just a little bit boring, really. I mean, I feel like it was a, a sort of a project that Del Toro really wanted to do, and um, I read how. He found him. Del Toro found himself sort of like intrigued by 
the differences. I was saying this to you off mic. I wrote, we just read it a minute ago. Um, the 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 similarities between the novel, The Adventures of Pinocchio, and Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, and there's certainly a gothic horror thing going on there, which we'll talk about a bit more in detail later on. But yeah, it was all right. A bit boring. <laughs> yeah, I, I, like, I tend to agree yeah. with that. I do agree. It just wasn't captivating enough, and I'm frustrated by that because it, like I said, on paper it had all the um, attributes to be captivating. Yeah, exactly. But I'm going to pick up what you're saying about the fas- fascist backdrop. I like this reimagination of the story, and I like how he's using this fascist italy setting to do a lot with the characters so exactly what you're saying there i think there's a really good point of the puppet within the fascist regime the symbolism of that is quite obvious and clear he's trying to find his role in society Mm. and he's being pushed from pillar to post oh you should go to war because you can't die and serve your country you should be on the carnival because people want to enjoy you and be a spectacle you should go to school and educate yourself and then you can contribute and there's all of these societal elements within it so that is just a bit of a comment on fascism i think and this idea of a, a dictatorship and that's interesting i like that historical bit in there the extra level that I think it adds, and I really like this, and this will be my favourite element of the film, is the reimagining of the very famous phrase from historical um, versions of Pinocchio is, I'm a real boy, Geppetto. Yeah, yeah. So what he's doing is um, exploring is, what is it to be a boy or what is it to be a man in that society? And even wider, not just that society, or just... Um, in a human nature, but very much, obviously, in this setting, in the fascist society. So the the character that goes against Pinocchio is the son of the, the fascist officer, and he's trying so hard to please his dad and goes to military camp, and they send Pinocchio to this fascist military camp as well. And there's a very tender scene, and I really do like this scene where they're in bed, they're all in single beds in a big dormitory, lights go off, and then there's going to be a bombing raid. Um, and they're sp- arguing with each other, saying, who loves war the most? Because they say, oh, if you love war, then you're not a coward. And my dad says, cowards don't respect the country and aren't real men, etc., etc." And they're arguing over that. But then the conversation kind of breaks down to like them crying and then showing the true emotions. And eventually they rebel um, against his dad and they kind of represent against the regime. But there's a real interesting exploration there of really diving into that line of I'm a real boy. So in previous, I'm thinking of the animated one back in what the 90s would it have been. Mm, um, That is just, they're probably playing with it a little bit there. What is it to be a boy? But it's more that aspect of him coming to life. Um, But whereas this, it's that idea of within the fascist state, what does it mean to be a man what's your role as a man and what's your role then to the country and that whole puppet element links around nicely and i like that i think that works really well my only problem is as you said is i think that is a really strong line of attack just in of itself but he just gets lost a little bit within it and i think all the other themes are just kind of there and are good and are very well thought through they just 
the plot doesn't really take them anywhere. Like, beyond that as well, I was thinking another big one is this idea of love, because what it comes down to, they all basically then decide it is their purpose is love. It is Pinocchio's purpose to love Geppetto. And it is the son of the fascist officer. It's love of the friendship with Pinocchio that gets him over this idea of trying to please his father. The love of his father holds him in at the beginning, but then he realises he can break through from that, from being kind and generous. And that's in there and it works. But just the when I start to think about the adventure element of the plot, because it is, as you said to me before we started rolling, it's a fantasy adventure, but it's got gothic elements to it. And it absolutely has got that. But the adventure element is such a big part of the plot. And I just can't get into the adventure. Like It doesn't carry the themes well enough. Like It has a big burden in the film to carry a lot, and I feel like it crumbles under that pressure quite a lot. It's interesting you say that, because, I mean, the whole premise of the wooden Pinocchio is that, you know, he has to learn to discover that love. You know what I mean? He goes through a journey of trying to discover it. Because Pinocchio, when he's first, create, when he's first created by the sort of the magical, um, like, oh, I don't know, like... Spirit. Spirit, yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, the spirit, I think, represents, you know, the human consciousness, really, in some respects. I think there's something going on there. Um, I mean, I read a, I read an article uh, about what Del Toro sort of thought about the film's core idea, and for him, it's more about this idea of asking, putting forward the question, this idea of living forever when you're not necessarily a human. So it's like, he said, he said it's like, it's essential sort of counter the idea, this is what he said, that you have to change into a flesh and blood child to be a real human. All you, all you need to be human is to really behave like one. I have, ne- I have never believed that transformation should be demanded to gain love. Which is quite interesting in some respects because I've watched a couple of Del Toro's movies and they are quite similar in terms of setting and how relationships and how love and is played out so I watched uh, Nightmare Alley recently when that came out. That was, that came out last year, and that's set in the backdrop of a travelling circus, or like a travelling band of like artists. Pinocchio's conception is constantly um, sort of set against the backdrop of this travelling circus, this transience, this transient life, this exploitation of life, this exploitation of vulnerability, and that's the horror and the gothic that creeps in that actually has, has like a darker side to innocence. Because Pinocchio is an innocent child. Like, he is quite vulnerable. Despite, ironically, he can't die, though. Um, a spirit is keeping him alive. Maybe that's just something about, you know, how eternal you may feel as a child. I don't know. Like, when you're a child, you feel like you're going to live forever, or you feel like you, can never, you can't really conceptualise what you're going to be like in ten years' time because you're a child. Um... Walter Benjamin, and I've mentioned this many times before on many of our podcast episodes, but it is like looking for the wrong end of a telescope. Like as an adult looking at a ch- your own childhood, or as an adult looking at a child experience and come of age, it's quite an, an introspective thing. And one thing that I think the traveling circus does is that, and the, and the fact that you know his wood is that his life has been dehumanized almost, and that dehumanization compared with the learning to love and the discovery is quite interesting 
set against the backdrop of this mass manipulation of feeling as well in Mussolini's Italy. There's something. There's, there's, there's a lot of interesting themes in there. There's a lot of interesting writing in there. The problem is, it was just a bit... I thought it was just a little bit... Um, just a little bit laboured in some respects. Um, it's a bit boring. Well, that's what I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the whole, the whole uh, in comparison between the adventures of Pinocchio and, and Frankenstein, this idea of, like, you know, values that Pinocchio has to learn, you know, Geppetto just wants him to have those values because his son Carlo had them. Yeah. And he just wants, he wants the, he wants the, the inanimate object to also have human qualities, but it basically, and then in, in order for, in order for Pinocchio to exist, it has to have some sort of supernatural power, hence, you know, Frankenstein, but it's this idea that, um, the difference between good and bad, you know, love and life, um, the things that make people human beings um, are choreographed in this movie. Maybe, maybe yeah. Del Toro is trying to say something about that, about you know coming of age in a time of where you've got all these other external factors influencing decisions. I don't know. I just think there's a lot of themes in there, and I think it's a it's a it's a good piece of writing in some respects. Um, I quite like it to that extent, but ultimately it is. Um, it's just not that it's just it's just not there i get what you, and yeah. i really i agree with everything you said there in terms of the exploration and um, what he's looking to do <laughs> but i think it's telling from your description without not being able to really round it off into anything specific yeah. i think that is what i was trying to get at in terms of the themes in the film is that on paper great and he does a good job of bringing him up like i said the idea of masculinity the fascist yeah. backdrop yeah. love and i was also going to add into there is that pinocchio enters the world as an outsider and the whole That's interesting. um the film is about how he is accepted as an outsider how he is manipulated how he is loved or not loved how he's looked at differently but then when they realize him as an outsider can be a benefit in the sense of war, they want to use him or in the sense of the carnival. But when he's an outsider, when he doesn't fit in, then they push him away. That is a classic. That's that's Frankenstein right there. That's a core theme of Frankenstein. Absolutely. Trying to get the love of regular society. That comes up in a lot of art. The idea of the outsider. But as you were trying to get a handle on there, what's it saying? Where does it cross over? It doesn't. That, that's the point. I yeah. feel like he brings up a lot of these things, and they are carried through. But in many ways, there's just a lot overlapping. And when I picture this film of how it made me feel, I feel a lot of different through lines just all sat on top of each other without necessarily really matching up. Like there is a film just about love. There, there's a film just about the fascist element. There's a film just about masculinity and the outsider yes i'm not saying you can't have these things intertwined but it feels like he's trying to do all of them hard like he's really sold himself on this fascist backdrop which is great and it works but then at the same time trying to explore this story of love and loss in a very deep way and he's doing them all as the main plot the main through line this is why i feel like a struggle is because you you thrown between a lot of narratives in that sense, or the, the wider narrative of it all, and therefore the actual plot of what's happening just 
it's not like it's strong enough to carry all this weight and mm. that's where it falls down when i'm thinking about it and when i was watching it is that the plot is just not strong enough for what he's trying to do there and in the end it just feels like a bit of a mess of different ideas and themes set with sporadic good moments yeah but it doesn't link through that's how i see it it's like a lot of good moments but don't necessarily flow into a a full film and that would be now i've got to it my kind of analysis of why i don't like it in as much as i think i could like it i'm not i don't want to fully slag it off because it was beautiful and there's a lot of great stuff in there it's just i don't think it gives enough of a through line and um that's one the main um stumbling block for it is that why it wasn't watchable and as you said a bit boring it's because it just doesn't marry everything up together and it's frustrating it's frustrating so as i said on paper great in <laughs> practice not so good <laughs> so i feel like that's a natural a natural end point in some respects <laughs> yes absolutely absolutely so Callum, we've got to the end i feel like we've really wound it up nicely give me your summary overview and mark out of 10 um i mean it's an interesting movie in the sense that you've got some good snippets of writing i think the the cricket sebastian j cricket i think is quite a, a comic comic character that i think gives the film it's sort of like character spine i think i think yeah i, I didn't particularly find the character of pinocchio all that interesting this is that's another thing as well like so I think there's there's I think the cricket adds a spine to the movie. Quite likes the sort of the setting of the Italian the Italian fascist setting. This you know the puppet, the mass manipulation of feeling, coming of age during a fascist dictatorship, the rise of fascism. I thought it was quite interesting. The idea of living forever, um, I thought was again interesting. But yeah, just not necessarily an exciting movie in a way that it should be, given the themes that it touches on. Um, so I'm going to give it 5 out of 10 um, because I think as a piece of art it's quite an, it's quite an important movie to watch for anim- for animation in particular yeah um, and you know the drawings and the concept art I think are quite are quite good and that's why I was going to give I was I was going to give it 4 but I'm going to give it 5 just because of its artistic merit in terms of the actual production um but everything else about it is um labored <laughs> yeah well that's what saves it for me as well i think yeah. is that as i've said i didn't enjoy watching it it <laughs> felt a tough watch um and it could have been a lot better in terms of that plot wise plot sense and the adventure element of it yeah. but I can't get away from the fact that it was a great premise. I love the reimagining. I love the themes it explores. There's some fantastic moments in it. It's tender. And the animation is amazing. It's very unique as well. Mm. It doesn't feel generic. And you've got to take your hat off to that. We, I, I'm always wary of getting caught up just in my emotion of the film. But we're here to critique as well and you've got us to step back and go it is as you say a very good piece of art i just think it could have he could have done a lot better in marrying it all together and having a a rounded piece that got you where you, you wanted to be and it just felt like you were jumping between things and you don't get the completion that you really want at the end so i'm going six out of ten i'm i'm not going to be by any means rushing back 
to watch it as it it was a little bit of a slog. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, credit where credit is due, it was good for those elements that I've described. But yeah, six out of ten, Pinocchio. And there we go, Cam. Yeah. Another film. Yeah. We dived into the world of animation this time. And a new one. And we will be banging into a lot of new ones soon as we do hit the awards season. This month and next month, we can expect a lot of big hitting films to come out. And I'm sure we will be there, slap bang in the middle row of the cinema, watching them contently with our chosen snacks. But until then... We're into Christmas now, Callum. We, we can go and put our feet up, go and watch as many films as we want, rant about that to whoever had listened to us, and then get back on the microphone to chat about some more. But thank you for joining. Thank you for joining me all the way through the year. We've done some great reviews. Thoroughly yeah, enjoyed it, have. as yeah. always. Yeah. But we've got plenty more films to watch in the future, and we will not be shying away from that. Thank you, everyone, who's listened this year. Uh, we appreciate it. Keep listening. We've got, as I said, loads to come next year, but not just reviews. There'll be some more conversation episodes and who knows, a few more funky additions in there. But Callum, go get yourself to the pub or whatever you have planned because it's Christmas. That's where you should be. Thank you for listening, everyone. You get yourselves to the pub. And until next time, that was the Glass A Film Club podcast. We'll see you all later.